live like that. I was not at all on time. <laughs> you are live! Welcome to Probability of Demise, the podcast where people don't follow rules or listen to themselves ever whatsoever. No, that's not the right cast. Hello! Well met, people of the dice. I'm Rurik, and you're listening to Probability of Demise. We're a group of storytellers playing a nerdy game, using chance and our imaginations to provide rules and structure to Atland. A world of our own making. I am hearing myself in my head. <laughs> that freaked me out. <laughs> we're, 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 we're in a place, thousands of years in the future, planet vulnerable, science, bad news, things happened, magic, infection, staff infections, magic infections, magic staff infections. It's different. <laughs> things have changed. Continents moved, relocated, cities Arisen. Continents, incontinent. Wait, <laughs> incontinent creatures, peoples varying their origins by dotting wondrous landscapes. Thank you for coming with us to explore it together. And I will get my act together and actually be solid on that intro by the last show. I've been two for sure. Or three or four. Welcome, 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 welcome. Today. I would love to introduce everyone to the lovely cast. Lovely cast, would you like to introduce yourselves? Hi, we're the lovely cast. I'm Jessica. I play Tanzanite. I'm Jason. I play Asher. I almost said it the wrong way around again. <laughs> I'm Larissa. I play Trixie. We're already consumed by our mistaken identities. <sighs> um, play the welcome. music. We have <laughs> what? Maybe we just play the music and start over. <laughs> we have identities and we have announcements. <laughs> if you would like to share an announcement, please raise your hand or say I. <laughs> Jason, why don't you start us off? I'd like to say happy Mother's Day to all of our real mothers and to Tanzanite's dead character mother. Happy Mother's Day to you. <laughs> the Mother's Day dirge. Um, yeah, happy Mother's Day, folks, peoples. We also have a, a, a accoutrements. You can see the accoutrement on Jason's body. And I've really been thinking about how to say this announcement without sounding grotesque because um, some people in our audience and or uh, crew dislike how I say this, but I can't seem to get out of it. So if you want to check out all of our cool merchy merchies, you go to tee.pube slash lick slash podcast. <laughs> Because we're an inclusive sort who really want everybody to be part of our group. <clears throat> well. And thanks to thanks you, <laughs> Blick, for uh, providing our merch. Yes. That's what we're never going to get. <laughs> we're never going to get sponsored by that group, at least. And Larissa might murder me because I can see that that green bean is being eaten with prejudice. Uh Larissa, what is going on for the awesomeness of Stonewall? Oh, you knew this was coming. You knew this was coming. I didn't know how much filler you were going to put in. How much longer I you were I was filling until I saw you not eating a green bean. Um, 
The Easton Walkerells annual Pride concert is taking place on Thursday, June 8th at 7.30 p.m. at Church of the Holy Apostles in New York City. It's located on 28th and 9th Avenue, West 28th Street. Um, the theme of the concert is Stonewall Rocks. It will be a presentation of the history of the Stonewall Chorale via a drag story time uh, and also a history of the queer rights movement. Um yeah, so it's uh, all for the most part. It's all contemporary music. There's a little, you know, a couple of like classical snippets and stuff thrown in because that's how the Stonewall Corral started out. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun concert. Um, and if you are interested in buying tickets, you can do so at stonewallcorral.org forward slash buy dash tickets. Uh, and if you are unable to attend but would like to support us, you can do so by going to the stonewallcorral.org website and find the donate button. Awesome, awesome, awesome. <sighs> well, I think that takes us to the end of this and takes us on to the next, which is the word of the day. Word of the day! Word of the day! She's looking around her room. Oh, <laughs> we know this has already gone sideways. <laughs> you have one task. No, you have Mold more, more. You have Moldemore. Good. Uh, Voldemort, the evil is that killer. is that um, Voldemort's older decrepit cousin? <laughs> yeah, Moldemore was the cousin that, that never really took off. Voldemort, it's Voldemort's older forgetful cousin. Uh. Today's word of the day. She's today. literally bought a dictionary for lap dictionary hunting, hasn't she? <laughs> nope. I'm just, you know. Hey, just uh, fling open a page. Fling open a page. Put your finger down. That's the word of the day. What do you got? It's not a dictionary. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I mean, this, this method will work with any book unless you land on like and. She landed on and. <laughs> today's word of the day is itchy. <laughs> the definition of that is when your skin feels weird and you want to scratch it. <laughs> this this word of the day. This word of the day, I feel like every time you use this word, it it's based on how um, how deeply irritating your use is will gain you that inspiration since it's itchy. <laughs> So it has to be a super itchy, itchy. <laughs> uh, all right. matter, Jess, is your throat itchy? <laughs> <laughs> you got the throat itches? I do. Mm. Okay. Well, thank you for the word of the day. We are going to roll for the commercial, and, or not for the commercial, for the recap, because I have oh, yeah, been dice. thinking about a future of commercial rolling, but it will be when we actually have a real commercial at this point, because <sighs> campaign two, we're going to do it right. Either way, I rolled a 10. You rolled the 10. So you're like right in the middle of everything. Very neutral. Pick one, pick one, pick one. I'm the switcher wind of recapping right now. Do, 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 well, do, I rolled do, a 14. Do, 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 do. Ooh, so you're definitely safe. Yeah. 18. 18. Looking good. I want new dice. <clears throat> I'm switching over to. You know, you wrote down a recap anyway. You were totally ready. 
I'm totally ready. Yep, 100%. Um, so it doesn't matter. I rolled a one on both of them. <laughs> <laughs> that means I'm going to roll nat 20s the rest of the night. So I'm in a, a solid shape. All right. So Entirely possible. Yeah, I mean, you got to roll out the bad stuff early. Last time we were together, you had just finished a massive battle, wave after wave of en enemies with different uh, modalities or even just different aims seemed to be coming into the space to destroy the airship or to, to destroy uh, an individual. Who knows? It all became murky, and you really didn't get the chance to dig down into the facts to find out what was behind all the things that were happening other than the assumptions that you made as you went along because immediately upon the conclusion of the battle Tiamat sought to subvert the three of you and you were all highly sophisticated and intelligent individuals who were able to thwart the illusion's full effects and instead understood that you were under a guise of sorts. Um, a guise that was being used to simultaneously teleport you to a different realm. Taking your own journeys through your personal illusions, you avoided Tiamat's beseeching to join their crew or to collaborate with them and found yourselves on a desert scape overhearing a conversation with two bronze dragons of early age, young, younglings of a sort, arguing over a lair and um, through a couple of different interactions were banished from the plane of fire and water and were instead sent back home. Uh, Tanzanite didn't get banished so much as transported when she invited them to join her on the material plane and to seek a home there. Um, things quickly devolved when through a bit of mind reading and some interactions, they realized what the scope of the problem they were going to be facing truly was. And they said, nope, and went back home. Uh, but the three of you got back to the airship hangar and then you were escorted as folk are nervous about what to do around you all. You have powers beyond most folks' comprehension, and no one has quite figured out how to handle this new feature of life as it is known. Um, the sheer scale and growth that you have all experienced over, over a few short years is mind-boggling to the people of Atland, and they have no way of creating what they see as safety for themselves and for the peoples of Atland when faced with the dynamic range of ability and the impossibility, at least from their viewpoint, of containing the powers that you represent as individuals, but also in terms of influence. And so they asked you to wait for some decisions and some thoughts and some ideas to be made Nee came and presented a bit of the case um, early in the morning. Uh, it wasn't a very exciting proposition that you were offered. Um, and I think that you are all still considering your options, trying to figure out what you want to do. 
Um, and so we'll open up at that point after a brief message from our non-sponsor. Honestly, if, an, if a healthy alternative energy drink would like to sponsor us, I could really use their support right now. <laughs> okay. Ni nee has just recently left the space. Uh, the three of you have a moment where they're bringing back what they've heard and they're trying to negotiate out the best situation they can based on what you're interested in. Um, but the bar area is still yours. The bartender seems to have departed sometime in the night, so you're alone in the space, the Falling Rock Tavern. I'm going to go over and, like, sit next to Tanzanite and just be like... Are you hanging in? I don't. I'm not sure. Fine. Did you? I saw you do your thing. Did you? Um. Catch up with those two? You mean Black Black Blackbird? Blackwell? And his wife? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, yeah. Uh I did a poor excuse of attempting to apologize. And said I'd be happy to bring them both back or escort them across personally. And they selected neither, and they're now he here. I just kind of gestured to my shadows. <laughs> so that I, not that I'd ever forget this, but just to make sure I always remember. Yeah, well... like a scar you know it's something you'll you'll have with you for the rest of your life it's I think the main thing to remember is that we're all we're all just people we're still really just kind of kids we make mistakes like we didn't we didn't ask for any of this it's not I'm pretty sure, I mean, I would not rather be at home, 
but I wouldn't necessarily rather be in the position we are now. So you're doing the best you can. It's not like it's not like anybody dropped a manual off in your book or in your lap. Yeah. That certainly would make things easier. But I think I need to Once I help with these dragon things, I might need to focus on figuring out what it is. Like, I know what I am now. There's a name, sort of. But I still don't know what I'm doing. Just because there's a name, I still am lost and confused. Thought a name would help. It sort of does. I still don't know what I'm doing. What's the name? You know, it's not even really a name. I just kind of know what I'm doing now. And, you know, I, I'm like the guide. You know, well, I just wanted to help people to not feel afraid once they die. And, to, you know, help them through to the other side. But. Well, I, I mean, you can look at it this way. Anybody who's mentored or guided somebody else knows that everyone's journey is different. So it's not any different for you. And it's not much of a journey if you know the destination. So you just kind of got to ride it. I think the main thing you need to try to do at some point just forgive yourself I'll add that to the list of things to work on but I'll work on it but first I just want to sleep and then go kill these stupid dragons I guess Yeah, and you didn't really. Well, did you? Did you sleep at all? No, no, yeah, no. There was uh, some difference in opinions within my shadows, so I had to focus on. <sighs> getting everyone kind of on the same page and on the same team again. Huh. Felt like I was being kind of pulled in two separate directions. So, uh, no, no, I didn't sleep. Well, then maybe you should go take a nap. I mean, we can... Maybe you should have a drink and eat something first. A little breakfast no, I, couldn't hurt. 
Honestly, I'd rather just sleep and then maybe eat. I, I can't even think about anything else right now. What time? It's during the day at this point, right? Yeah. Um. But you're like, not you're not going to be well rested if you don't eat something before you sleep. I run over and I grab like some sort of equivalent of like a power bar or something just like small to help her get down. Yeah. And not forgetting that you're in a tavern. It's kind of like you, you see a bunch of like little uh, like pre-made things for like Bloody Marys, a whole bunch of vegetables and stuff like that. It's uh, pretzel bowls, pre-prepared. It's like when um, you go to the, go to the pub and you're like, can I have a bowl of olives? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's go with it. There's some shishito peppers that look like they were maybe never snacked on from uh, Asher and and the bartender's uh, long night of therapy. Yeah, whatever she gives me, I'll scarf down. Um, it's probably pretty I, greasy. I assume we can wait and leave tomorrow. Well, we're going to have to wait and see what they say if we aren't just running off. Yeah. Is, is there a, a library in Canyonville? Um, yeah. In fact, I think over the course of your time here before in the, in the past, you've actually explored a little bit and you've seen the different pieces. Um, the, there were individuals who, had apparently at some point pulled all of the the um, hidden stocks of data and such from the the location where they had settled in Canyonville from they there's a kind of a clear record and you would be aware of this just from your interactions with the people of Canyonville of them coming from one of the bunkers at some point but it's kind of uh, as many of the the beckoning locations from which civilization has resprung, shrouded in a little bit of mythology. Um, there are stories of the transition to the space being one from over the ocean um, and some sort of vast sea trip through icebergs and other things that you, you've never seen in the nearby ocean. On a side note, can you remind me what town our little house cave is in? Isn't it? The one that Rurik can't say. The Delve of Mary Baird's Delve. Right. Okay. Great. I just couldn't remember it. I just thought of that. The house is in the Delve. The house is in the Delve. I'll never forget. The house is in the Delve. Um. I basically want to look at the, my two friends and just be like, look, I have a lot to go think through and I need to rest. I'm going to go be in a room. I'm going to take a pepper and I'm going to hold it up to her mouth. I'm going to eat this. She just I already ate. shoved whatever y'all gave me, but I will okay. just like lean forward and bite it and walk. Roll a constitution then, saving throw. <laughs> <laughs> just eat <laughs> And, and then there's finger. 
basically one thing I want to do before I go to bed. Okay. Which is uh, send a little message to my little shadow uh, and just say, what do I want to say? Um, Found your sweet new temple. Um, all I'm gonna, all I want to say is, um, I have not spoken to you in a while, little one. How are you? How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> um. There's a little bit of a moment, and you get kind of a. Uh, um, uh, oh, oh no! Oh, sorry. Uh, it's a uh, long night. Um, something weird was happening. Uh, doing better now. Things seem settled. Um, had to reassure our people. Um, are you okay? I don't can, get to respond back, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. You can feel that there's like under and overtones of like, should she even be asking that question? Hi, this is mom. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, mommy. Happy I'm going to call Day. you later. <laughs> um, is there a way? I don't know if I can do this, but. I'm going to just ask and see if it's something I can do uh, to like have like a shadow, basically like put an arm around her, like that feeling of me being there without me actually being there. All right. You, could you just roll your death? Oh, yeah. Let's see. Oh, that's not the right button. Feels so. wrong to say roll your death. <laughs> but. Oh, that's plus nine. So. Da, 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 da. Mm. Okay, that's pretty good. Plus nine. 18. Okay. Um, it's. You. You. You did a lot over the night to try to restore order, and you'd restored order. And as you reach out, and and you reach out to this less organization of souls, but just this coherence of of the shadows that have aligned themselves to you, whatever they truly are. But only one stands out as an individual. Only one stands out as willing to separate from the whole. And you recognize the face. Do you still send it out? What, what's the face? It's Adelaide's face. So wait, she, she's the shadow willing to do that? She's the only one that really stands out as an individual that seems 
capable after bringing everybody back into cohesion. She's the only one that seems capable of separating from the newly reformed group. Uh, I don't even know. Um, what would Admiral Akbar say? Yeah. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I'm going to. And she seems quite willing to do what you ask of her. But the whole time it's her face that you see. And as she turns to depart, you see the back of her head. And it's a reminder. And then she's gone. <laughs> you unwind and then I want to go to bed. bed. Yep. And then I, I'm sleeping hopefully until tomorrow like the next day unless one of these two wakes me up um okay good luck with that um as you or settle something in else happens. as you settle in uh you hear a loud knock 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 i'm gonna go to the door and go who is it When you go to the door, could you just roll a perception check? Or, uh, 24. I just, sorry, I'm, I did math. I Jason, you're a little quiet. Math. I'm not sure why. How's that? <laughs> that? That was loud, but. Um, sorry. Oh, it's on me. I see. There we go. Sorry. That's my fault. Ah. Okay. My settings were off. Um, it, uh, 24. 24. As you go and you you say, who is it? In that high-pitched voice. And you take that breath afterwards to restore oxygen to your lungs. The stench. It's a familiar stench. But it's the smell of the undead. Super. Again, there's a knock. I'm going to open the door a crack. The smell wafts in and you see the gaunt visage of the leech. Hey, dude. Just stares at you. Vacant like expression. You open the door. Yeah. A deep bow, and then it enters, bringing with it just that waft of awful smell. But then they seem to be doing something, and the smell changes, and it doesn't smell so awful anymore. The scent of sandalwood and lavender fills the room. Things aren't going well. Seems that way, doesn't it? Being powerful does not always mean being understood. Preach, brother. Would you like a drink? 
desperately, but it never tastes the same. I'm going to go to the bar, pour some whiskey, and I'm going to press to digitate the whiskey to be like the strongest whiskey flavor that you could have, and then I'm going to set it on the bar. They go over, and um, they're... Their whole demeanor is just difficult to get to, but as they collect the whiskey, it's the, you get a definite sense of just sorrow as they look at it. Take a sniff. Down the whiskey. Pop it down. Thank you for trying. Oh, well. I came to... And he looks around for uh, Tanzanite. Are you in the same space, Tanzanite? Or are you... Or Trixie, I mean, no, sorry. Oh, yeah. You're, you're down there. Looks around for Trixie. Ah, you're here. Well, um... What can I do for you both to... He looks around again, not seeing Tanzanite. What can I do for you both? Well, we're kind of being forced into a corner. Very much a damned if we do, damned if we don't situation. So we're just kind of waiting to see what they think we're supposed to do. I'm going to pour myself a whiskey. I'm going to hold it up. I'm going to say, here's to the floor who will hold you when no one else will. <laughs> There's a very dry chuckle from, from the leash. Uh, it's a uh, complexity that comes with power. I chose this for myself, but you didn't choose this for yourselves. If someone could take it all away, would you wish it that way? I do know of someone who could offer that. Um, I'm going to say no. Because all I ever wanted when I was sweeping floors in a tavern was more. So if I went back to that, I don't think I could be happy that way. Well, um, oops, my bad. <laughs> well, I can understand this and, um, if there's ever anything I can do to help you, let me know. Do you know anything about ascending to godhood? It used to be on my checklist. Because Tanzanite, who is resting right now, is um, struggling. Like she's it, on, 
she's on the line between mortality and she doesn't know what to do and we don't know how to help her. Do you know where she's at with this? Is she? Uh, she is maybe of interest to you. Currently the usher of souls to the other side. But so she's, she's also been... still mortal. I think. So she's been handed the portfolio, but maybe not the powers. Right. She's been given her assignment, but has not yet graduated. <laughs> graduated. Well, none of these little demigods and primordites and such have really re achieved their divine ranks, have they? True. They lost it. And now they are building up the worship and piety of their followers. Forming new divine congregations, so to speak. She does have a bit of a following. There's all these little shadow people running around and founding houses of worship and things. Well, um, from what I understand, you don't need worshipers to become a god. You just need belief. And while it might be a negative for your reputations here, her reputation is belief. So I would say that her ascendancy is going fairly well. Her name is known by almost every being on this plane. And those listening to the rumors about her, well, they may not be complimentary, but they are definitely associated with death. Can you tell me, is she concerned about those coming back like myself? Do um, I brought one person back and it caused her a lot of pain. But I don't think specifically that she has like a moral conundrum about like your existence, if that's what you're asking. Well, her niche might have that. Maybe that's where the problem is coming. There's a conflict between her desires and the domain and the portfolio she's been handed. If she's supposed to send folks over and she's not sending them over, or if they're coming back over, that might conflict a little with the scope of her authority. So let me ask you. Last year, there was a convention of sorts of here, actually, in uh, Canyonville of God apparents, 
I guess mostly aspiring gods, some dragons. Um, I lovingly called it GodCon. Um, he chuckles again, his dry chuckle, just kind of, kind of bone shaking. There are no gods in the like senior god of death sense of the word right now in this plane, right? Or watching actual gods? No. Aspirants. I like your friend plenty. I would, um, if it was still on my bucket list, I would be one of those seeking that position. So I ask that to ask this. When the rules prevent Tanzanite from doing something. Aren't those rules completely arbitrary if she's the one to enforce them and there's no one in a higher tier? Arbitrary, yes, but if she has responsibilities, that means she has the divine spark. And that spark can be divested of someone who's not aligned to it. So the further she strays from her spark, the easier it would be for another aspirant to steal it from her. The pain she feels is likely the separation occurring. I'm trying to help her understand like her role, her limitations, her how to continue advancing. I promised her I would help. Oh, I appreciate your insight. I have a book on this. There I just, are. I just look over at Asher, and I just like I'm just like, really. A book on this, or the. Yeah. Okay. I have a book the on whole this. time. The whole time. The whole time. <laughs> there are three ways that I know of. I decided it wasn't as exciting as. My life. The gods are boring. And with that, he reaches into his robes and you see a pocket where his arm, he reaches in, it's way beyond whatever pocket should be there. So it's definitely a dimensional space of sorts. And his face kind of goes into a frown, pulls out a thin pamphlet. He says, I think it used to be thicker. Maybe things have changed, and he hands you a pamphlet. Um, I think if you're reading it right now, we're looking through it, um, or are you going to wait till later? Um, is it long? Is it a pamphlet? It looks like it's you know probably a solid twenty minutes worth of reading to do. Okay, I'm about to if do you read this. Need this back? Oh, no. I'm done with that. That was research that definitely did not need to come to fruition. Okay. I'm going to take a, like a rag from the bar and lay it out on the bar and then set the pamphlet in it, fold it in the rag, like a dry rag, and then like just to protect it and then put it in my pocket. Okay, cool. Um, 
Well, uh, I think I'm just the first of your solicitors, so unless you have anything that I should be doing for you, I'll uh, see my way out of here. Well, we're we're getting ready to go fight the dragons one way or another. So I guess ready your people, whoever you'd yes. want to ring with. Because... He suggested that they might be giving us this airship that if you want to go for a ride and fight some dragons. I have to be a leader of people these days, but I did want to ask you all if you would. And he looks directly at you, Trixie. Appreciate a temporary member of your party. At this point, the more the merrier. Just maybe warn them that being associated with us and any actions that we take may negatively impact to their health well that too i mean none of us are necessarily expecting to live through this fight but i guess maybe depending on which associate of yours it is that may not be an issue but also just realize that we don't plan on being still considered heroes after this so well, then perhaps you'll be in good faith with my associate. And as he says this, you see him kind of gesture to the floor near him. And then uh, similar to how Asher, your um, teleportation spell seems to work, except he's doing it much more swiftly. Um, the different symbols and rings appear on the floor next to him and then expand out consuming the space that's required for the teleportation spell. And you see a someone you saw before, Trixie, um, when you your eyes broke through illusion, you see this gaunt, fiendish creature, leathery wings on their back, a shepherd's crook in their hand, and what was probably horns but it's shaped now almost in a crown like shape adorns the top of their head they stand quite tall and before you is a being that would be hard to define as anything but a demon or a devil possibly it really would depend on whether or not you defined such as separate or the same. But this huge being comes into the space. Um, there, the air grows colder for a moment before they turn their wrist. And as they turn their wrist and pull down towards themselves, their visage changes and they start to look like an average being of the material realm. But you can still see the echoes of the wings, Trixie, because you've seen this creature before. You can still see the height, um, the, the illusion of a staff switching into a quarter staff 
is sensible, except you can still see the shepherd's crook that it truly is. Um, and you also feel a wave of energy head towards both of you in this room. Um, I need you both to make a um, charisma saving throw, whatever you have in terms of charisma stuff you can use to to make it better. Um, Eleven. I was going to say, Trixie rolled something not great. I'm guessing um, <laughs> I don't have time to counter charm. Um, it's not a charm. It is an aura. Son of a bitch. I rolled a two, so that's a 12. I failed a charisma saving throw. Um, it sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> both of you failed the charisma saving throw. <laughs> uh, I don't fail charisma saving throw. Oh, wait, no, lucky, 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 lucky. Oh. Oh, no, late. they already said, said that you failed. Yep. So, as you're sitting there, you see shadows very much like Jess's shadows, very much like Tanzanite's shadows, arise around them. And they turn to you. And as they turn to you, they seem to be taking up defensive stances around you. As the leech says to you, well, sorry for the nightmares. And he turns and he walks out. Um, as you're standing there, kind of you're frozen in fear and you're having the daydream version of whatever your character's nightmares would be. Trixie, would you care to recount to us what your, what Trixie's nightmare <laughs> would be? Would be? Um, <clears throat> sure. Uh, I'm like waking up from a nap and I'm in a four poster bed with a lot of pink and frills and I'm surrounded by little trinkets and uh, bouquets of flowers and stuff like that and uh, I go to get out of the bed and it's so like soft, soft that it's squishy. like it, that's an actual struggle to get out of it and uh, as soon as like my feet touch the floor there's a knock on the door of my room get your face that's mine. You can't have any. Um, <clears throat> and without even giving me a chance to respond, my mother just comes barging in. And... <sighs> Sorry. Um, and she's just like rambling on and on and on, but I can tell that she's excited and I can't really understand what she's saying because she's talking so fast and before I know it there's people that are following her in and they've got lots of clothes and things in their arms and 
they put the clothes on the bed and they just start like grabbing at me and like throwing clothes over my head and, and, and poking and prodding and like they put something around my waist and they pull it tight and I can't breathe. And, but I can't like fight them off for some reason. Like I'm not able to like no, nothing, none of my training, like my body is just not responding. Um, and, uh, like they, they've pulled one last thing over my head and somebody shoved something sharp, like, into my fur on the top of my head. And then I, my, I, all of a sudden I, my mom is back in front of me and she's like there now you're ready. And she takes me over to a looking glass and I'm like dressed like full out ball gown in like a wedding dress. And I have like no idea, like, like some sort of wedding garb and I have no idea who this is for or anything. And I like, and that's like where I end in like this blind panic. Roll a wisdom saving throw. Much better. Um, 21. 21. Um, with 21, you pierce the illusion of the nightmare the nightmare but it it's gonna stick with you it's gonna be one of those things that just almost every time you look at the nightmare shepherd you're gonna remember that but as you burst through that experience um you realize that when you're within range of this creature you'll get a plus five bonus to attack and damage rolls when you're within its aura of nightmares Asher, what does your nightmare look like? I am standing on the peak, the snowy peak of a mountain. But around me are the dead bodies of both of my friends, my mother, me, like all of my allies just like down, half buried in snow. And in the snow, everything is burning because the red dragon that defeated us is circling in the sky and I'm alone and I'm nearly dead and I'm out of bullets and all my spell slots are gone. And in the distance, I see a five headed dragon coming through the blizzard. Okay. Could you go ahead and roll a wisdom saving throw? Oh my god. All my dice hate me right now. Hang on, one more. Oh. Last one. Fifteen. It's the best I can do. Okay, you take twenty points of psychic damage. Wow. I rolled a two, a four, a one, and then a fifteen. Okay. Anyway. What dark turn does your nightmare take? Um, I don't think I want this ally. 
Uh, sorry, our dog. We trained the dog to ring a bell when she wants to go out, and she's over there ringing the bell. She was just out. She, but she's completely full of shit now. When she wants anything at all, she wants to ring the bell. bell. Yeah. She wants the um, bully stick back, but we're not giving her a full one. Gotcha. <laughs> um, let's see. Damn, I I over described my nightmare now because now I don't know what to add. Um. I will say as the team at lands in front of me, like in full five-headed dragon form, like the day she burst out of that mountain, and then starts to devour the corpses of my friends. Awesome. Go ahead and roll another wisdom saving throw. Awesome. 16? Take another oh my God. 20 points of psychic damage. This ally sucks. This ally has yeah. done 40 damage to me and they've been here three seconds. You feel yourself, you are on the verge, almost able to overcome, but now the red dragon lands and it puts a wing over you and it turns to look at you good job minion i'm so glad you brought your friends here to die you needed this didn't you how cathartic How do you react to the red dragon saying that to you? Um, I am going to try to stab it with my rapier, but you know how like you're in a dream and you like are trying to attack something and like nothing works right. Like I just like can't. There's like no strength in my arm. Like I can't stab it. Awesome. Um, as you kind of like stumble into that 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 attempt to attack, uh, even before you were able to strike the blow, another dragon appears on the horizon. It's a dragon you thought you killed, but apparently you did not. It's black. It has the bodies of twelve dangling from its claws. 12 who you think you recognize 12 who worked with you all to defeat it in the first place go ahead and roll another wisdom saving throw 17 perfect I just climb in the way up there 15 you black out of the dream Pierce yeah, wanna, through the illusion. I want to roll again and see if it's an 18. That'd be really fucking No, it was a 7. Go on. You pierce through <laughs> you pierce through the illusion. As you break out of the illusion, um, you also feel the bolstering of a plus 5 to attack and damage. But you also fear 
the creature that is there. And I think, Trixie, you see the nightmare shepherd tears rolling down its eye, from, from its eye, down its cheek. Do I fear that I have to, like, go across the room from it? Um, like I'm frightened? You're not frightened, but you definitely don't like how that you are within its aura. It's a situation where it's going to be not your first choice to get the the bonuses because its presence in general is awful to you. Tanzanite, you were asleep for this. So you were very vulnerable. You didn't get to make the Christmas saving throw. Great, great. We love can that. You, can you tell me, cool, cool, just cool, cool, cool. in general, what nightmare you would start off with? Um, uh, something along the lines of probably like re sort of living when we had to like battle my family, kill them, kind of reliving that. And as soon as I like kill them, I turn and I see like my shadows leave me and like take my friends and then come to like start essentially like ripping away at me. Like, I don't know, something like that. Cool. Um, as you're having that dream, it transitions a little bit. The ripping changes, and, and each ripping is not ripping at you, it's ripping at your shadows and pulling them away. But each one that gets pulled away seems to be becoming stronger. They seem to become stronger and out of control. They seem to go into rages, and as you lose control of them, they kill your family again and again and again. You are devastated, and you don't know what to do to for, to get past this and forgive, forgiving anything, forgiving yourself. But that nightmare's just begun. You dream that you've woken up and had a day and struggled through the lethargy of the dream only to sleep again and now you see your family twisted distorted eyes replaced by dark voids their limbs replaced with sharp jagged edged blades they taunt you now telling you that you are a monster and you deserve to suffer you go through another day even more bedraggled woken up again the shadows in your family are at war with one another. They're fighting. You tried to separate them, but they're just too strong. They overpower you and they drag you into the darkness and you're forced to relive the nightmare of killing your family again. The next day, you seek out help, but everybody's too afraid of you. They look at you as if you're a cursed person. 
and you're left alone to face your nightmare and the shadows of death that you can't control anymore. In the end, you see yourself becoming consumed by your own darkness and nightmare becomes your reality, forever haunted by the ghosts of your family and the shadows of death. Can you go ahead and roll a wisdom saving throw? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wisdom saving throw. Oh, good. Seven. Your nightmare becomes more vivid and terrifying. You see your family as spiders speaking to you, but their voices are twisted. It's a mockery of love and care that they once experienced. You thought you could control us, Tanzanite. Your mother is hissing, her fangs dripping with venom. But you are nothing but a cursed freak, unworthy of the love we gave you. You scream, but your voice is silent. Your spider brother and sister join in, their distorted forms looming over you as you cower in fear. You killed us, Tanzanite. You murdered your own family, and now you will suffer for eternity. Go ahead and roll another wisdom saving throw. (laughs) (laughs) Not to it, Jake. Plus four. You are sitting there in this nightmare, and you burst awake. Completely awake. And your rest is interrupted, unfortunately. You know Rurik wasn't going to let you sleep that whole time. Come on. You wake up, and you can feel the guilt and despair from that nightmare. But you also feel a surge of energy. And you hear a voice in your head say, Interesting. We might be aligned. More than I am with that other creature. What do you think? Come downstairs. I would love to speak with you. Sure. I'm gonna... I'm gonna do like a and go back in my bed for a second and then like take a deep breath and I wanna go downstairs. You go downstairs and you see um, Asher looking a bit haggard but recovering, Trixie looking fine, a little confused by the daymare that she just had possibly, but feeling invigorated by the proximity of this strange creature. A being who looks like an average everyday person. Can you roll an intelligence save? Intelligence save. <laughs> it's seven. Yeah, it just looks like an average everyday being. Great. Hey, um, and <gasps> you... God, she's you, big. Yeah, she's huge. You um, 
see them and, and they turn to look at you and in your head you hear the same voice go, may we speak for a moment? Asher and Trixie don't hear this at all. I just nod my head. They find a, a, a booth in the space and they move towards it and sit down. Join me. Please. I go and sit. Yeah, you and this being are sitting there, and as you're sitting and in, in, in getting into that place, you hear another knock on the door. Higher pitched, crisper. Asher, Trixie, you're the only two that are free. Do you answer the door? I'm just going to yell, what? You again here. Nobody, nobody can announce their arrival anymore. And I'm just going to like go open the door. As he goes to walk over, I go, well, technically that's what knocking is. They could, you know, just not knock. But I get what you mean. Uh, so you open the door and you see a smaller sized humanoid being. Um, large, expressive eyes looking at you. The hair is kind of a weird shade of green and gold mixed together. A little weird looking overall um they are predominantly kind of delicate looking their arms and legs kind of have a hint to a more insectoid look thin membrane seems to be that, that, that their skin is seems to be stretched over a network of veins and it looks like folded wings on their back um maybe multicolored if you looked closer uh, their face is looking fairly somber but you feel like that's not their typical expression um, they are probably more up to mischief and play than they are up to whatever this being is uh, but they seem to be standing very still unnaturally still for themselves and looking up at you um are you uh the asher and the trixie and the, they kind of seem to be trying to look around behind you. Yeah. I like the the before. Uh, so my mistress had a note for you all, and they're looking very uncomfortable, like they're just twitching to get out of here. <clears throat> okay. uh, would you like to receive it? Sure. Lovely. And you're handed a rolled up what looks like broad, large leaf turn to parchment paper. Uh, do you need me to stick around to do a return message or can I, can I, I go? Mean, I'll unroll it and see if it needs a reply. And they kind of just seeing you unroll and not responding. They just look really, really despondent. <laughs> like they're just ready to leave. Um, The dreaded typing. 
Okay, sorry, I had to write down that note of what you did. Roll a strength saving throw to see if you can open the parchment. <laughs> Roll very tightly. Uh, you get uh, a message that says, Dear friends, I hope this message finds you well. I was recently reminded of your existence. Send Tanzanite my love. I am requesting your aid in a matter of great importance to me in the forest. As you may know, our my work has been to establish a sanctuary of sorts here. And the sanctuary includes many of the animals that have been released from a certain place that we all know. And I'm finding it difficult to create safety for my charges. A certain scaled beast finds and there's like a I'm trying to remember all the words but there's like a big splotch there finds my charges to be too delicious to resist and we've determined that if we do not act quickly the continent will suffer so that's why I'm reaching out for your help I know that you have a great deal going on, but I also believe that your skills would be invaluable in this situation. I have gathered a small following, and we would be willing to offer whatever resources we can to aid you. We're grateful for any assistance you can provide. Please let me know as soon as possible if you're able to come to our aid. I am counting on you to help protect the forest and stop this creature with deepest gratitude. Bonnie. Tell her we'll come as soon as we can. Excellent. And the wings spread out, and the little creature, not tiny, but smaller creature, zips off straight off the edge of the cliff and in the direction of the west. Um, Tanzanite. As that's been going on in the background, the door's been open, you're sitting across from this other being. Um, do you have anything you would start off a conversation with, or are you waiting for them? You're muted. <laughs> I was typing, that's why. Um, and I made typing noises loudly. Uh, I want to be waiting for them to respond, but trying to sit as elegant and awake as possible. <laughs> Just staring at him. Sorry about that. I was trying to mute myself because I was clicking keyboards, taking notes. Uh, I need to get my soft touch keyboard back so that I can make quiet notes and not make a mess with that. Eventually, after a bit, bit of silence, and you could maybe even overhear some of the conversation that was happening at the door, they would say, I could use your alliance. You seem to be more tied to my space and... It would be nice to 
have a chance to rest from all of the shadows I have to oversee. I would love to find those respites in your care. That or I would love to take on in part as a way of repaying the favor, help guide your shadows. Maybe find a way between the two of us to make the darkness not something to fear. You're not ready yet, but eventually you will be powerful. Then darkness shouldn't always be filled with fear. What is your name? I do not have a name. Names are for those that are awake. The sleeping lack names. Would you ally with me and perhaps help me wake up that I could be named? I, I don't know anything about you or who you are. How could I align myself with someone that I don't know their intent? Uh, my intent is to find a different path forward. I can continue to be the fear and the terror of people's dreams or I could find something more enlightened. What is it exactly you ask of me? For you to be my patroness. I offer my services and my shadows and in return I should help you with yours. I would also ask for a name. Names are important. I think your naming of me would provide the experience I dream of having. It's funny for a dream to wish to dream. A bit absurd, really. Yes. We can align. I'll help you find a name. Overhearing this, Asher goes, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you see the, the their brow furrow, and as their brow furrows, you see the illusion that they've cast over themselves to look more humanoid and acceptable to to fade away, and then you are faced with what Trixie and Asher saw when they initially arrived, and what Trixie has continued to see. You see that this is a gaunt figure, leathery wings, a shepherd's crook. Thank you. Do you have a name? Or should I just call you mistress? Ah, uh, uh. <laughs> I. How about. Tanzanite for now. Oh, yes, that seems fitting. Temporary name before your full ascension. Something to cling to for a while longer. Mistress Tanzanite. And as they bow their head, they just relax and... um, Go ahead and roll your death roll. Death recognition roll. No! Okay. Roll. Roll in. 24. Awesome. As you do that... um, so entertained right now by the puppy dance. Uh, as you as you kind of make this deal and the deal becomes sealed, you feel your shadows triple. Mm. And then you also feel as they're tripled, your direct control over them released. Your direct need to interface with them relaxed. It's like you've kind of had a little bit of a migraine at the back of your head just starting, but suddenly that those muscles relax and you're free of a bit of responsibility. And the being across from me says, I will make sure you can sleep. Very appreciative. Appreciate appreciated. Is this where you wish to be? What do you mean? To sleep. I mean, at the exact moment, yes. <laughs> but Brilliant. And as you say at the exact moment, I'm, I'm going to ask you, are you resisting at all? Or are you accepting assistance in sleep? Uh... I don't know. Let's see. Let's roll for it. Roll for resistance. No, I don't resist. (laughs) Uh, You find yourself just laying down and falling asleep right there in the little booth. I take nap right here. (laughs) Crash. Um, I think 
uh, Trixie and Asher, you just see the shadows intensify in that area. Um, and the Nightmare Shepherd turns and sits and faces towards the center of the room. Um, and as that has occurred, you hear another knock. <sighs> I was not planning on having a party today. I go answer the door this time. Uh, you see um, Molly. Asher's mom. I gesture to him and I walk back and I sit down. I don't say anything. Hi, mom. Hey, um, so what... Uh, What's the weather like? I'm inside and you're outside. But the weather appears to be shitty. Generally speaking. Would you like to come in? Oh, well, I'd love guy. to, but I'm afraid you're going to start reciting the same three lyrics to me over and over again. You know, it's so inspiring. Mm-hmm. So are you thinking about switching career paths? Something more stable like panhandling? <laughs> um, I don't know. I did think about retiring into obscurity, but Nee says that I shouldn't. So, yeah, You know, eventually, and she's walking in, you keep putting your poems together the way you do. You're being a great stand-up comedian. So, um, apologize for not intervening earlier. Well, can't rely on your mother to fix everything for you as you grow up, I suppose. Yeah. Um, do you know if we're getting the airship? I think as we take it one step at a time, they'll come around. You have a lot of folk out there who are interested in you staying out and, and doing good things. There are some that want each of you to go into a separate city and just stand as the protector of that city, which... Seems a little bit like it won't work out so well. Together, you're all pretty powerful, but I just can't imagine you each facing the dangers alone. Yeah, I don't love that idea. Um, we don't have to tackle everything at once. We'll focus on what's in front of you and we'll deal with it the rest as it comes. Right now, I think our plan is just to do what we can do and maybe stop um, worrying so much about what politicians think we should be doing. And I'm one of those politicians. Well, I have faith in you, though. Knows it. What's it's, that? So nobody knows it. You're like a secret politician. Oh. Uh, 
skateboarders the secrecy gets eroded every once in a while and more and more find out which is definitely going to change the structure of Overton hidden councils aren't all that useful when you're at war true at least you don't have the potato mare anymore well have you heard he isn't even part of the original family of taters drama the original family just reestablished their shop next to their tavern Escandalo. it's quite a big deal hmm. we check them out uh, if you do get a chance to it's worth it I'll tell you that and you should do it take care of yourself it's important I to met, do something that brings like, you help and joy out? have you checked them out to make sure that they are not evil like the other previous proprietor well in as much as I'm able to um Apparently, we have a mutual friend, a woman named Fawn. She's thorough. She found me before she should have, so. That's good, because I tried to tell her about you. She forgot, so that's good. Did she forget? Or is she keeping secrets from both of us? One or the other. Well, you've got this. You've faced challenges. And she nods to you as well, Trixie. Uh, you come out on top. If the this taters, is no different. If the Taters people are evil, let us know. We have a nightmare guy now. She slowly, slowly looks around the room. Um, here? Point at Nightmare Guy. That I one. just see your friend sleeping there. <sighs> of course you do. All right, never mind. Well, he's there. It's a whole thing. Okay, well. Remember, you are not alone. You have your friends. I and me are here for you. And whatever plan works best for you, we'll figure it out. Um, also, there's some strange people here that <sighs> said they need to meet with you. Of course there is. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go, but... Of course there are. Um, when I say strange, think photosynthesis strange. And she turns around and she starts heading out the door. Don't be a tree racist, Mom. Bye. She, she just chuckles and goes, I still don't think you're right about plants taking whatever that is. You read way too many weird, strange texts. She makes her way out the door. You have a moment of reprieve and silence. Nobody's currently knocking on the door. Tanzanite is the nightmare is gone? Snoring. Still there? He's still there. You saw him the whole time. Your mom didn't see him. I'm just going to like, because you did like 40 psychic damage to me. Um, 
And you have a text. I'm gonna say, from, I'm gonna say to Trixie. I'm gonna say, do we have to keep him? It creeps me out. An ally is an ally. You gave me a massive headache. Put me in a wedding dress. <laughs> you win. Uh, all right, I will look at the pamphlet. Um, yeah, so you're looking at the pamphlet. Um, take your time. It's about half an hour read. Uh, Trixie, are you reading it along with him, or are you doing other things in the space? I'm just going to, like, go through some, like, essentially, like, Tai Chi movements, still trying to, like, shake off my nightmare of being like an ineffectual okay. basically not being able to fight people off. Makes sense. Um, okay. So Asher, as you're reading through it, you, um, the things that definitely stick out about this is that there seem to be three major ways a being tries to become or seeks to become another God. And the most direct way is what more or less occurred with, Tanzanite, although facets of the other might play into it, and that is to find and kill another dog and take their divine spark. Um, another. You, just, you just said find and kill another dog. God. <laughs> One nation Whatever. under dog. Third dog too. Um, I was like, oh, a dog. What? When you read about this, you start to understand some of what may have occurred eight years ago nine years ago when the blast occurred because it describes this as an ultra-violent process that blasts you and the surrounding area with a massive amount of supercharged energy. And it is very risky and dangerous. But it is direct. So you read that piece and you're, that makes a little bit of sense. You read about another one that that talks about everyone already having a little bit of that divine spark and the best way to gather more of it together enough to achieve godhood is to kill a lot of people. And that aligns a little bit with what you saw with the spider situation. Gathering those individual sparks and forging it into a new divine spark. You read about it requiring the mass death of so many creatures within a specific time frame and the chaos that would be caused by this. You also read about a third method. Um, it seems a little bit kinder and more gentle. Um, and this is just gaining the devotion of a great mass of people. And it has to be a willing devotion. It can't be unwilling. Um, and there's a description of the worshipers being gathered in a week of fervent prayer. And that that devotion over the course of the week and the synchronized efforts of hundreds, thousands, maybe even millions of people is enough to charge a divine spark for someone. You also read about after that divine spark is obtained that the being 
is under a metamorphic state that is called apathetic ascension. And during this time, they're both mortal and divine at the same time. And they're going through ranks of divinity. It's hard to understand whether or not you can measure the ranks of divinity. Um, in reading through the, the, the descriptions, it seems like this was like not well understood uh, by the writer, which you, you know to be the leech. Um, something about becoming kind of general over deities, becoming a greater deity, quasi-deityhood, lesser deities, but these are seem very arbitrarily written, and the characteristics don't make a ton of sense. But you do gain the sense that Tanzanite has demonstrated some of those characteristics over time. And there are some feats that different gods gain, which you're able to ascribe the control over shadows to possibly being one of those divine feats. Um, the last paragraph discusses gaining a godly form. And this seems to be the last stage that you see. And you see that there's different probabilities of becoming that. There's some minor godhood where a being would just, you know, have some exaggerations of their beinghood, um, cosmetic things that are permanent, but otherwise they seem to look and act just like they did before. There's more complex levels, um, kind of an intermediate godhood where the changes are more than just cosmetic are actually functional and changes to how they're perceived to be more in line with the spark that they've collected. And then there's major changes, major changes where your appearance is totally different, features have totally changed to reflect the portfolio of godhood that they've attained. You see that there's an example there of being a god of fertility and a male being changed in multiple ways to hermaphroditic status, status as they were going through their ascension to godhood and becoming able to provide birth themselves yes she turns into the darkest of dark um a war god becoming themselves a weapon of war and in that process gaining new divine features and abilities but often becoming forgotten and then you see that there's some brief notes about something more but it's not articulated they it's very clear that the leech didn't know what something more might be. 
you also read a very brief explanation of the death of a god and something called the ethereal plane where dead god bodies lie. But it's brief. I hear that's a killer album. Yeah. Um, a, a little bit about that is that there, there's mention of them being on the ethereal plane, but they don't necessarily have to live on the ethereal plane. They can live on any plane of their choosing. But somehow, when they die, they get spat out into that ethereal plane as their domain collapses or is taken over by another. That's kind of the summary of everything that's there. Okay. Finish up reading. You hear a little Trixie probably hearing it first as Asher is immersed in the book. Scratching at the door. I go, I'm on it. I go to answer the door. Oh, hi. 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 You see what looks to you to be a cornstalk. A talking cornstalk. Hi. <laughs> well, um. <laughs> Uh, we're here, and um, we found you. Hi. Hi. Were you looking for us? Yes, we were looking for you. Why? Um, because you are the creators. You made us. I lean like I lean back over. I look over my shoulder. I was like, "Does anybody else remember making talking corn?" No. <laughs> but you're where uh, we were. We, we've been searching for you for so long. Uh, uh, Fern said you would remember us. Yes, you don't remember us. Oh, it's been so long. Uh, maybe, maybe you don't know us. Oh. You just see their their expression as a stock of corn, <laughs> being very bewildered. Can I roll um, a history check to see if I remember what the hell this thing is talking about. <laughs> roll a history check. I'm going to also. I think my it's like a whole plus one, yeah. That was a dirty twenty. <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> uh, Trixie, you're just thumbing through the the rolodex of your mind, going. Nope. A nope. B C D nope. E F G. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why is this fucking corn talking to me? <laughs> Asher, you you start scavenging your your mind palace for for this. The only time you dealt with anything sentient and plant-like 
was way back in Fisherton. And it was like a corrupt, crazy, insane, gross being. When Tanzanite had been kidnapped by something else. It was causing the waters to be poisoned. But that was like a gross moss. It wasn't a sentient plant, right? Not that we knew of anyway. No, there was like the scientist the, or whatever. The lunatic scientist who allowed himself to be taken over by it was there. Okay. But it wasn't sentient. That, that That's the Rolodex of your mind <laughs> goes to that place and that's as close as you can come. I'm going to go um, over to the door and be like, you're going to have to fill in the blanks here. Seeing both of you standing in front of it now, you can see it's just whole posture shift and it kind of crouches down a little and, and bows to you. It's little uh, tassels on the top shifting in the wind outside. Oh, well, uh, you are, you, you started us, so... Um, we uh, we uh, appreciate you tremendously. Um, Did you come out of the lab near Fisherton or the cave? The the first fields, yes, yes, yes. We're we're from the first fields. Uh, it, you 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 didn't know us, maybe, um, but you 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 definitely helped plant us. And then we were burned. We filled that place with lye and then we left. So, uh... Yes. You came after that? The the lie was the key. All follow the lie trail. We sow ourselves through it. Cool. Hmm. Well, it's, um, please to... Make your acquaintance. How how can we help you? Well, we we wanted to help you. You you brought us in, and so now we we are here for you. Um, I mean, I uh, you seem like you might be a little susceptible to. Dragon fire. Um, what what kind of help do you offer? We like the dragon's fire. It baked our quarters and made us whole. So the lie and the fire. So you are I- I- immune to dragon fire. We are spawned of it. Would we offer you something? Our fruit or flowers? Um, uh, music or dance? Um, uh, our services? <laughs> I don't know what is happening. Um, <gasps> our people are many and varied. I am of the fire flower variety, but we also have the... Uh, Fear fruit. 
Do you have anything that makes us dragonproof? Well, you could. Our dead are still do well with the fires, and we could bring you our dead. You could wear our dead. Cool. That we are fiber in death, and we might as well be useful to our makers. And that wouldn't offend you? Oh, just a little bit of a change in the process. One could be fertilizer, or one could be shield. I mean, sh- sure, if that's if that's something you all want and agree to, then I, we could certainly use the help. Aye, we will go about it once, collecting the scavenged and weave of ourselves to your satisfaction. I think, um, more importantly, we want you to do what you want to do. Like, you go be free, choose freedom, live your own life, don't worry about what we need. And then if those, if your desires and our needs align, then that's fine, but don't feel like you owe us something. Oh, you are so generous. I don't know what to do with this. I will go back to the, to the crews and to the seedlings and we will figure out the best way to rot forward. Well, if that doesn't involve us, that's also fine. You you do what you got to do for your people. <laughs> you do you, boo. <laughs> well, yes, we'll we'll consider this and have our second harvest and see what that does for you. I'm excited. Okay. And good. It's a little tassel stock waves in the wind again and it starts shuffling away and that it's was as weird close as you can get to some sort of weird strange anthropomorphic corn stalk but as it's waddling away you can see that there's like a, a spring bean sprout crawling up the center of its stalk and blossoming and a little face starts to appear out of it a little hand comes up and it waves to you Well, that was the weirdest thing that happened today. Yeah, and considering everything that's happened so far, that's saying something, isn't it? Hey, remember that time we accidentally created sentient corn? That was fun. I can't. I can't even think of what? I mean, you rolled that random dice a while ago, and I finally got to bring it in. <laughs> <laughs> you D one hundred that. that I was did. Not mine. Yes. Oh, it was a D one hundred roll. I don't remember which of you it was, but I remember writing it down and going like, "Okay, give me life." <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I've got, I, get, I have no idea when we would have done that. Well, okay. I think something with lie and farming and we don't understand it. So, I mean, well, that like, was a couple years for us. That was 10 years for them. So, shit do happens. You, do you think they have like regular lifespans or like seasonal lifespans? I'm think, trying to. Do you think Dragonfire makes them pop? <laughs> Once you pop, you can't stop. You know what we're not going to do? Find out. <laughs> Mr. I like to shoot fire out of my hands. I don't know what you're talking about. That was another so, guy. Unless you say otherwise, the next few hours are passing. Unless you're going out or trying to go out or whatever uh, if you're just sitting and resting and, and I'm going to say uh, about four hours okay. about nine. four hours pass uh, it's evening meal time probably between all the different various things that have happened this morning um, and you get a knock on the door I'm going to look at my wrist, which has no watch on it. And then I'm going to uh, tell Trixie, I'm going to wake Tanzan up and I'll get the door. Tanzanite, when she wakes you up, you have had a full rest. Long rest. Woo! We got you, boo. All right, I will open the door. Just I okay. go to open the door before they knock. You open the door and there is a stranger standing there. Um, Hopefully like this, because that was my goal. They Oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> well, hi. Um I am assigned as your liaison and um, to take you to the airship hangar and to take your requests and needs and wants as we go. Uh, I think there is a is an accord achieved. Does this mean uh, they want us to take the airship? Well, they want you to take the airship and there's a bit of a a bit of a ceremony oh. going to occur. Not that an attended ceremony, but as you launch the airship, Kenyonville will be celebrating the hero's triumphant march forward to face dangers. Super. I do apologize. Trixie just starts laughing. I do apologize for the fanfare, the fireworks. I guess, we, I guess we landed on whether we're heroes or villains. So I guess... You are... We're trying to make sure... Well, look... I am your liaison, which is also translated to as, um, there was an old term in the old books around this, public relations. And we're going to make it as flashy as possible 
throw candy to children and see if we can't just let everything else skate by. It's not the best of solutions, but it avoids rumors. All right, crisis management team, let's do this. He can also like double as people celebrating that we're leaving. So, exactly, you are witty and furry. Okay, all right. Hands and I wake up. You got your stuff. Ah, ah. Yeah. What? Uh, they're giving us the airship, and we're getting the fuck out of Dodge. I don't know what that means. I don't know why you would avoid a Dodge. That doesn't make any sense. It's an old term. What's anyway. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. Yep. What's a dodge? I just realized as I said it that there's like no reason we should know what that means. Um, Tanzania, as you get up, uh, you you hear in your head from the uh, Nightmare Shepherd, no dreams, right? Oh. No? Wonderful. Uh, I will come with you and then... Um, I may need a break. Your shadows are a little particular. What does that mean? Um, it's your turn to watch the children. Wait, I understood that. What? Why are they particular? Because you spoiled them. Seem to have a lot of personality. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so as that happens um, you you see the um, you see the uh, being that's in front of you slowly releasing what looks like just utter tension on their shepherd's crook um Asher, can I uh, roll hit dice since we were resting for four hours for a short rest? Yeah. Okay, I just want to restore all the psychic damage I took from Nightmare Dude. Oh, okay. You're welcome to that. Yeah. Anyway, definitely have the short rest if you want. Uh, and uh, Tanzanite, that place that had been re- relieved of tension becomes tight again, tighter than before as the Nightmare Shepherd uh, releases its own shadows to you as well. Mm-hmm. And the four of you follow this individual, and they're walking through the public, and, and as they walk out, you come out to a very showy group of guards standing at a distance of about 30 feet from you all, um, there's a trumpeter of some sort making an awful racket, not at all in tune, not well rehearsed. It looks like anything that was shiny was tossed on and made into uniforms for these folks. And there's a ton of fanfare. Not very many people on the street, but across the way at the other side of the canyon, you can see folks lined up along the little avenues that are open to the air, um, for the most part, cheering and celebrating as you make your way to the airship hangar. 
Um, as we go, sorry, there's like a gnat like floating around in my face. Um, <laughs> as we go, uh, I have a haiku that I'm repeating to people because I know that people write my haikus down and put them in books and circulate them. And the haiku is, bring peace to your life. Now in the hour of your death, pray to Tanzanite. <laughs> nice. Do a little bow. I got your boo. Um, yeah, so as you move through the spaces and, and the haiku being repeated, um, the trumpeter actually starts to pick up the cadence of your haiku and starts to try their best to match that cadence. Um, and eventually you make your way down to, or up to the, to down and then back up to the airship hangar. Um, waiting outside, you see different representatives. Um, you see the leash. You see um, the the mayor of Canyonville. You see Nee. You see Mayor, uh, Molly. Several other folks, and um, one person who seems a little bit out of place. They're very uncomfortable in their uniform. They keep pull, tugging at their collar, um, but they make direct eye contact with all three of you. Um, A moment of your time before you depart, if you might. And the, you can see that the officials all look really uncomfortable. Um, nee and Molly seem a little bit more comfortable with this person's uh, request. The leash looks completely disinterested, like they got dragged into this without any desire to be here. Sure. Okay. Why not? Uh, so I just have a couple of things. Um, and and you're pulled aside to what was the office space that you entered before Asher to try to find plans. That was a one shot. That was not Asher. Nope, that's not Asher. Wow, I'm mixing up things. <laughs> well, you know what it looks like because you played that character before that went into that space. Uh, where your other character did. You're pulled into a little side office. Um, and uh, the, the three of you were pulled into that little side office. And the, the this individual. Okay, so there's some news that I have for you all, and a problem I would like you to take off our hands. <sighs> okay, another one. Well, you seem to be the most um, equipped for this, and our one experiment turned out to be a horrific failure. And he slides open a drawer, and you can see stacked four dragon masks. Mm. Okay, I've got the, more of those in my bag. But what what would you like us to do with them? Well, if you can destroy them, and if you can't, hide them. Sure, throw them into the fires of Mount Doom. These were the four of the four individuals: three who attacked you, and then one who was uh, subdued by your mother. I hear, and the wizard knee. Um, we were into, we were able to interrogate that individual. Uh, I'm going to summon my mage hand and make him put them in my bag because I don't want to touch them. Yeah, they splooched into the bag. Um, what? Did you say splooched or splooched into the bag? Sploosh. Okay. I don't know. Yes, 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 yes. I heard sploosh anyways, but I'm thinking, now I'm just thinking, why is Asher's bag wet? 
Why? Oh. Why? I thought, you, why? I thought you had a dirtier mind. That's why. No. And now I'm thinking of the movie Holes. <laughs> yeah. Or the book, rather. Not my brain lately. Anyways, sorry. I digress. Um, I'm going to go a little fast forward mode here, but the individual talks to you about how the assassin, which is what they were, uh, was originally refusing to divulge any information, uh, but eventually provided some information uh, about what had occurred. Um, They share that they were working to, um, to gain... A different assassin, no, gain different uh, responses from their own followers by causing chaos, uh, but also that the um, that the shadow heart was desired by Tiamat. Um, they also share with you that the individual tried to strike a deal with them, but when they returned to the cell they were keeping this indivi- this one, this fourth assassin in, uh, they found them dead. Um, they haven't been able to determine what caused the death. Um, they also share with you, let me just double check that I have the right notes here. Yep. They also share with you that the Individuals who had launched the first attack with the with the um, automatons, the the golems, that they were interested in destroying the airship for different reasons. That they weren't aligned to the first group, and that this was an attack from a fringe group that is seeking to undermine. Um, the war efforts, and they're not sure why or where this fringe group started. Um, but there, there seems to be an indication that, that they believe that the beings of Atlan deserve death by the dragons. Um, so, all the joys that you have. What's going on with y'all laughing? You're muted. I have no idea what y'all are doing, but you're giggling. You said attack from a fringe group, and what I originally heard was an attack from a French group. So I messaged that to Larissa, and I was like, ah, the fucking French. Wee wee. (laughs) And the reason I'm laughing is because that's what I also heard. (laughs) Fringe. 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 (laughs) Fucking French. French in their golems. The fact that you hear her laugh through <laughs> Jason's mic. She yep, just needs to leave herself it. unmuted and keep cackling. Just, just let us all enjoy it. That's why I can't. Give my... um, okay. Uh, all right. There's nothing cool. to do with my laughing and everything I'll, to do with. Yeah, I got to figure out how to destroy these dragon masks at some point because I'm building quite the collection. Does anybody have? One of those pocket dimension bags because mm. I could I have a lot of stuff. Didn't we find one? Oh, you have one, I think. No, you have your flask. Never mind. Um, no, we got a bag. Didn't we get a bag for one of the dragon holds? 
I don't know. No? Okay. I don't have, I I mean, I don't I don't have, have one. I mean, you should look through your inventories and see if you all have something hidden away, but... I'm sworn we got a bag of holding. Like, knee. I have a question for you. I definitely could have made that up. As you uh, yell out knee, and the, 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 the gentleman uh, pulls Trixie to the side and just... Uh, Trixie, he's kind of asking as politely as he can how confident you are in flying this airship. Uh, Just not how, 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 you are kind of, you are, you are known to be very successful in these vessels, but do you need a tutorial or a, an assistant or? And this is not the liaison, right? This is the other person that was one. No, this we is there. the guy who, who was giving you the update. Okay. They definitely feel a little less uh, trim and put together and organized than the liaison was. They're they're a little bit more of like this is outside their function, but they're trying their best to cover the bases. Can I roll to determine how well I actually can? Because I don't know. I mean, I knew I was on airships and such going around gathering, you know, stuff for... Uh, you were driving the one that the Black Dragon, like you drove it there before the Black Dragon incinerated it, so you didn't know how to fly them. Did I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like a rest period, but yeah, like you, Sorry. the insinuation was that you were the pilot. My brain isn't working today. Um, I mean, I guess how how different is it? I, I know it's like a new design. How different is it? How different is the steering from what we've been using? Well, it's a little bit more enclosed. Uh, I think our other airship drivers have complained of being exposed and uh, dodging dragon fire out in the middle of the air being a not so successful method. Uh, the pilot station is deep within, which means you don't have direct access to seeing outside but we've crafted these little magical tubes that seem to be functional ways of seeing. Oh, okay. Um, um, uh, yeah, I guess I think, yeah. I mean, as long as the, the steering mechanics are the same, I should be fine. Well, so various captains have found different things successful. And the most interesting finding we have is that, two levers were more successful than a single point. Okay. Uh, they're, they're both fairly mechanical in, in construct, although one has control over the lift at the front and the other has the control of the lift at the back. And they both have controls of your right and left port and starboard just from different sides. So you can technically... And then he kind of starts demonstrating to you uh, uh, pushing two levers out to both be going left and right at the same time to increase the force of thrust oh. and both in to increase the force of thrust in reverse to show kind of going forward and going backward. And as you bring them in, the it kind of creating a braking motion 
but it's not a braking motion so much as changing the thrust of the engine within the airship into reverse. And he kind of like goes through and demonstrates for you. It's different because the other airship, you didn't have a braking motion whatsoever. Right. And this reverse thrust capacity means you can go in reverse eventually, but it also means you don't have to time your glide to a stop as much as control it with the reverse thrust. It overall, as he's describing it, sounds like it's much faster. Okay. And a little bit more complicated. I think, Um, I guess, I think. If you've got it, wonderful, then I can protect our crews and move on. Uh, Lovely to meet you. Uh, Is there a user's manual? And then he kind of pulls out a little pamphlet of paper, and you can see a rough sketch of yourself on it. And he goes, would you sign this? Uh. Is she wearing a tricorn hat? Uh, the picture of Trixie definitely has some Oh, it, they want my doesn't. signature? Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. Would you? Um, it's for my son. Good cover. Sure. Good cover. Yeah. Uh, if you just write, um. What's your son's name? Um, Engineer Davis is my son's name. Would you just write um, Brayden from the Pirate Queen Trixie? (laughs) (laughs) You're one of his favorite heroes. I mean, you know, we shouldn't have favorites at the Timeless Trio, but. Pirate Queen Trixie. Trixie is the best Avenger. I'm just saying. Okay, between you and me. Yes. You know I'm not a pirate queen, right? No. You. Would you have a different titling that you would like to sign my son's <laughs> picture of you? Air mistress. Guardian of the skies. (laughs) To Braden. B R A E D E O N. Always be yourself, your friend. Just Trixie. Me yourself. Oh, just, just the just Trixie. I I like this. Thank you so much. Um, I I I am so certain my son's going to be super happy. And he gestures to the door. Uh, I have some paperwork to finish here. Okay, bye. Yep. Good luck with the flight. 
Mm-hmm. You hear the door close behind you as you leave, and then a little squee of excitement. <laughs> Can't freaking win. You thought you got away from it. Me. Um, yeah, so all the nights are saying you uh are all there. There's the officials. Um Oh hang on, I really did want to talk to Nee. Okay. Um, I'll be like, Nee, do you remember when you were working on creating a bag that actually had a hole in it to a small pocket dimension so that could hold as much like an unlimited amount of things? Oh yes, yes. Of did course. you finish it? Ah, uh, yes, I, I've got quite the collection going on here. And he opens up his robe a little bit. <laughs> what am I watching? like that pocket watch salesperson, except all you see are a series of... Speaking of the one-shot. Various series pouches and stuff. Um, just in case you're ever wondering what happened to the bottom layer of my tower, um, don't put a bag within a bag. <laughs> Funny reaction, that... Um, I was just wondering if I could have one because I have all of these evil dragon masks in my bag and I don't like it. I would like oh, to put oh, oh certainly. I, I suppose we could. And he takes one of the bags and they're not the largest size. But he opens it up, looks inside of it for a second, puts it on the ground, grabs another bag, dumps the the new bag over the top of the first bag. He just sits there waiting for a while. Says, just a moment. Just a moment. Just don't put the top of the bag into the other bag. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's very carefully not letting the bo- the bags fall within each other. But you can see him sweating as he's doing this operation. Uh, well, um, so just so you know, uh, uh, we do have a few things that might you might hear over time. Um, you have a new name in the popular vernacular. It's being been proposed and accepted. and I feel like this is a good one for you that you might appreciate, my f- dear Asher. Uh, you know, a title that suggests a leader is a master of the concise and subtle um, and is able to convey deep meaning with uh, minimal words. He's continuing to dump, continuing to dump. Mm-hmm. Like, You're about to uh, say something I won't like, aren't you? A, a, a title that emphasizes the mastery over a form and a regal authority in all things. Out with it. Well, Asher, you are the Ode Overlord. <laughs> Do apologize for that. It's definitely better than the Haiku Hero or the Sonnet Sovereign. With the lyric a luminary, or the first visionary, the muse master was kind of nice, but people thought that might get confused with, you know, your compatriots' titles. So, uh, at any rate, what was it? Are we the all ode? within earshot of this? Sorry, the, <laughs> yeah. ode, the ode what? Yeah, the ode overlord. Wait, wait, we all have titles. Oh, yes, yes. And you can hear like a big quipfunk from the bag as he's dumping it. He kind of like jerks back a little bit and you can see a little sparkle fall as he's trying to continue to arrange the the items into new spaces. Um, Yes, yes. um, 
you may hear, well, you have several titles, uh, and, uh, well, I do apologize for some of these. Uh, some of yours have not been quite as positive, so we're trying to find some new ones that may uh, uh, lift up and bring a better name than calling you the ender of all things, or, you know, the, the death bringer. Really? Or the Reaper Queen. So we we tried going for something a little bit more positive, and Grave Goddess was getting a little bit too much traction. So we sought to 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 eschew that, and we thought the final judge might work. And then, of course, that was not going over so well. And then um, Grave Goddess was good. Deathbringer was terrifying, and Mistress of the Underworld didn't quite seem to jive with your overall presence, of course. Um, so, uh, you've just been dubbed the Dark Lady. The Dark Lady? I mean, it's kind of funny because you're pale. Yes, she is pale. Well, what's Trixie then? Oh, well, uh, we realize that Trixie has some particular, uh, desires in her address and she doesn't we're, we're seeking to shift public opinion so we've been perpetuating the idea of her having an intimate relationship with the skies and so we've been calling her and we hope it takes flight and this has been taken over by the the, the PR person um, PR person yeah we, we're hoping that this mythical title will suggest that she's just navigating the winds and and understanding them with ease and you know push away a little bit of the darker end of her titling. We've been perpetuating wind whisperer. Dan's and I bust so laughing. <laughs> you know, Prince of Poems was right there. It's just right there. I <sighs> Prince of Poems. Old Overlord. Well, you know, we'll we'll workshop these titles and see if we can come up with but we've already kind of started. Um so you may hear some some Trixie. descriptions. Wind Whisperer or Pirate Queen. Neither. She is the Wind Whisperer Pirate Queen. <sighs> That's going to break the whole idea. We were trying to break with that. Well, we'll we'll get there a little bit. Um, I'm not a pirate queen. Can we please stop? Yes, wind whisperer. See, that's that's where we have a little bit more excitement, right? Yes, you're 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 good with that one. How about the okay. flying monk? You see them processing and thinking about that one for a little bit. You need names. You got to come to the guy. I'm the guy. Where were you when we were coming up with all these? You didn't invite me. Fighting your battles. Oh, well. <laughs> I just, I just do one of those at Tanzanite. <laughs> <laughs> we did also think about and consider an adjustment in your group's name, but Timeless Trio really has had a punch. Uh, but we've a thought of maybe expanding that out at some point, but. Now you are the still the timeless trio, and we won't be messing with your titling in any way because you know 
that seemed to be quite successful. Uh, but yeah, that, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate all of you. Uh, on you go. We we are on a schedule. Eventually, Asher knee hands you an empty bag. Me or on a schedule. No, I'm gonna have my mage hand take all the creepy masks and robes out of my bag and put them in this bag. And then also, I will take my bag and just like dump it into the bag of holding. <laughs> Knee watches you doing that. Could you just roll a dexterity saving throw? Oh dear. Knee almost dropped his bag into the other bag. So, oh shit. But yours is just a backpack. It's fine. I know. A 12. Yeah, you're fine. A couple of things trickle out, but then you're able to put them back in. Um, yeah, everything's fine. All right. Well, uh, I used you. Sorry. Please be our guardians and good luck to you all. Your airship awaits. If you have any other suggestions for names, please reach out. We should be in touch. Uh, Communications. Yes, definitely the name of the game. (laughs) (laughs) Just love Trixie's expression. As you approach the airship, it is the same airship as during the battle. Uh, It looks like a bit of patchwork was done on the bottom of the hull um, a little bit of adjustments and it seems kind of small but you're easily able to board okay I'm going to turn to chance and I'd be like gorgeous gondolier nah Stare. I'll keep thinking. Dark Lady's pretty good. They didn't, they didn't do too bad on that one. Yeah. Catchy. Yeah. The nightmare shepherd just... follows you up and into the space. Trixie just like grumpily marches by. It might be night, Dark Lady. <laughs> I'm going Uh, to the cockpit. (laughs) The four of you enter. um, It's quiet here. Peaceful, even. You can, Trixie, you're used to the hum of the other airships you've been on. This one's pretty quiet. This one doesn't seem to have any of that unnerving hum that came from the magical components interacting with the physical components. This is well engineered. This is the height of current airship technology. It has a quiet mode. <laughs> you uh, sit down? Me? Yeah. yeah. When you sit down into the seat, it's comfortable. It's not. It surprises you that there's actually a place for your tail. Because mm-hmm. the last several were not engineered in this way. It's almost like it was designed specifically for your body. And as you sit down, you see around you 
visuals begin to appear. They all seem to be connected to these long pipes, fairly substantial in size, but they are large at the, the end facing you, and you can see outside. You can see the people slowly trickling out of the airship hangar. You can see one individual up where the curtains were when there was the um, presentation go- occurring, the battle that took it over. And they, there's no curtains there, but there is a large iris that is slowly being opened as this one individual pulls a long chain and slowly opens up that iris. Well, where are we going? Um, I got a note from Bonnie. She needs our help. We should go towards Bonnie. Bonnie's forest. The original one? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I guess, the mountain uh, village thing. She didn't really give directions. Yeah. But... The one between Fisherton and Canyonville. Yes. All right. <clears throat> All right. I'll go down the deck. I think there's a ceremony or something happening. You go ahead. Okay. I'm going to stay here. Sounds like an opportunity for a speech. I both want to hear this and don't. <laughs> as he, as he walks go away, as he walks away, I, I'm going to mumble under my breath, wind up windbag. So you're in the control center, Trixie. The iris is open. Your friend has gone up on deck. Asher, you're up on deck and you can see. It does seem like a fairly small space. There is uh, some sort of calling mechanism at the front of this top deck level. Uh, There's not much else up here. There looks like there's a few places for things to be attached or connected. But otherwise, it's pretty clear of anything, surprisingly clear of any obstructions. Um, It may be that they decided that the design of these airships with the current abilities coming out didn't need mechanical aids anymore, that people were powerful enough to, to do more. Or it could be that there's something in the airship somewhere that is brought up and attached to these little rigging points. Is there like a crowd or? You're still inside the hangar. Trixie hasn't launched it yet. Oh, the crowd's outside the hangar? Yeah. Okay. Trixie, go! (laughs) Okay. That way. I try to start the chip. Okay. Can I have you roll an intelligence check? And we're going to use this to establish how transferable your airship skills were. Oh, no. <laughs> you do have flying skills from before, and you did get a quick lesson on how to do this. So you will be able to do your intelligence modifier plus your proficiency bonus to whatever you roll. Damn it. We left, so we can't give you guidance or inspiration. <laughs> So, wait, it was intelligence and proficiency bonus, you said? Yes. Okay. 
because you are technically proficient in airship general. Okay. Uh, 21. Amazing. Uh, describe to me how the airship proceeds through the iris. Um, so it starts up nice enough, you know, very smooth. Um, uh, is there like a, a gas pedal or just the two levers? Those two levers. And from his description, your motion on those controls the speed with which they go. Got it. Got it. Um, I'm going to like, (laughs) I think so. Kind of, um, I'm going to, you know, tentatively put a paw on each lever and just like ease forward until like, like I get any sort of reaction from the ship. Almost immediately you feel that pulse of power and the ship is in motion. And you realize that this is like a very responsive craft. Oh dear. Okay. If you were driving a car and you touched the gas pedal and suddenly it lurched forward, that would be kind of like the sense you got. But because you rolled so high you were, and you are being cautious and careful, you do get control. You have control and you don't lurch. But you do okay. realize that. It's a very light touch. It doesn't require much to make this thing go. And okay. how fast it would go is a. Big, exciting question. Okay. Um, your speed demon needs. Okay. Um, I'm just going to, like, ease it out through, add a crawl, maybe even painfully slow to, to anybody looking on. Um, um, I think it almost seems stately to the people outside the hangar who immediately start cheering as the airship. And you're not sure if they're cheering or booing, but there's a lot of noise because you're deep within the, the ship. Right. You don't have to deal with that as much. You can see through the visuals that you have available to you. People seem to be on every level of the, of the canyon and as well as the top levels. Mm. Uh, I actually I make a mental note to uh, provide a suggestion to the next time I talk to anybody who's like, on the project of engineering these to create some sort of <laughs> thanks uh, communicate like communi- way of communicating between the uh, ca- the driver's seat and like the the deck since I can't really like I can see what's going on but I can't really hear kind of thing but um yeah, I mean, I I guess, is there, like, looking through the tubes or whatever, is there, like, a, a platform party or, like, a grandstand or something where there are people standing? Like, is there, like, I'm going to yell up to Asher. Am I supposed to, like, stop somewhere? I, should I just leave? Okay. Um, uh, can I think you stop by the crowd. Can I have both of you roll a perception check? And Tanzanite, if you want to, you can as well. Are we, allow- are we not allowed to be like yelling in and out of the cabin like this? Is that the problem? Uh, yeah. Oh, there's a 29. Jeez. <laughs> 21. Okay. Perception. 
23. All three of you, as you yell, as this yelling happens, you quickly realize your voices are not coming where they should be coming from. And Trixie, you figure out that there's a little nozzle right above your head where Asher's voice is coming through. Asher, you realize that Trixie's voice is coming from something on the ground. <laughs> Tanzanite, if you're in a different part of the ship, you realize that there's a little localized nozzle at another point. Someone reinvented the radio. It looks a little less radio and more like those kids' playground, like you yell through, except they seem to be effective. Something is uh, here that is enchanted or magical to make the voices come through clearly. There's two cans with really good strings. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, I think, Trixie, because you're in that berth, just noticing that, you start to realize that there are multiple holes and that there are covers that you could stand up and cover some to keep sound coming from or to certain locations. Um, Asher, at the top, you can see that there's that one as well as a couple of others that you don't know where they go to, um, but there's multiple locations. And currently, the only one that's open is the one that Trixie's voice is coming out of. Um, but you can also see that you can close these covers. Okay. Um, I'm humble. So as I notice that, I'm like, you know what would have been helpful? Labels. <laughs> uh, Asher and Tanzanite, because none of the ones in her area are covered, and... The one that comes from the cabin on yours is not covered currently. You hear even her quiet mumbles. <laughs> Amazing. Um, the cheering is getting louder. Uh, it's not coming through any of the audio devices. Um, but you can hear the cheering growing. Uh, Asher, one thing that you were able to make out, Trixie couldn't quite see it with her visual perspectives from all these different screens here. Um, but you can see that there is someone announcing something and it's just coming across, echoing through the canyon, very garbled. Like it's almost to the point where you're like, they should really just know that in a canyon, you probably shouldn't be announcing things loudly. It's just not going to work. Canyonville, the inventor of the telephone game. <laughs> The ship has fully exited the the airship hangar at this point. Um, Asher, to what do we owe the honor, if any? Um, we'll hop up on like the prow of the ship, I guess. Whatever place makes me look the coolest. Um. And is there like a crowd? Like, what does the crowd lay out here? There are multiple tiers and levels of crowd. There's where the airship exits. You can even see just above you on the canyon walls at the top layer. There's crowd lined up up there. Okay. Is there like class tiers or just like crowd? It seems pretty egalitarian right now. Um, definitely a lot of crowd. Um with your high perception role before, I think you can even make out that there are folks who are protesting, throwing a fit. Um, you see somebody being tackled. Uh, they had She's some stick in their hand and were making threatening gestures. And then they got tackled by 
what looks like some form of security? I would have to say to that security guard holding that guy down, I'm going to say, hey, what you got there? Your voice echoes out loud and hits the walls and reverberates back. Uh, the individual who you notice tackling somebody doesn't even look up as they seem to be cuffing I'll or say otherwise you, restraining the individual. the guy. Let him, let him speak. What do you want? You see him stop, look around, look up at you, and he points to the to the stick that was in the guy's hand, and he seems to be mouthing something that you can't make out. Is it a stick like of dynamite, or is it just like a stick? Um, from this distance and from what you can see, it just looks like some sort of stick. Look, I he's, think we all need to remember here that we're fighting for a free society. If people want to protest or let their voices be heard, then we're not going to put them away for it. The security so person we stops, take the handcuffs steps off of back him away and let him go. He takes the handcuffs off and immediately the person dives for the stick, points it up at the airship and you see fire launch from that stick at your ship. Trixie, you also see fire being launched at the airship. I would like you to make a dexterity saving airship maneuver. <laughs> Do I get like my dex or? It is, I'm pulling up the airship dexterity save. Um, I'm gonna have to send this to you. We need a water um, spell. Yeah, with as much fire as you fucking throw around. <laughs> okay, let me see if I have. I think this works for now. We'll have to fix this later. I'm trying to pull up something that I hadn't thought I would need right away, but I obviously am a doofus who doesn't think things through. Um, the airship has a minus one to its dexterity saves, but because you're a proficient captain, you get to add your proficiency bonus. So it's your proficiency bonus minus one plus, uh, whatever you roll in the D20. Okay. Uh, 23. You corkscrew the controls in such a way as the airship tilts sideways and the fire blast passes over the top side um, and then you see a, a little red beacon alight on one of the monitors and you can see this little flashing uh, uh, magic arcane visual that indicates shields should be put, turned on that you're under an assault Immediately, Asher, you can as you're being twisted up, uh, um, you have to grab the rail. Can you do a dexterity saving throw to save yourself from falling <laughs> off? Tanzanite, were you up there with Asher, or were you somewhere? Yeah, I was. Up I also there. need you to dexterity saving throw from you. Okay, twenty-one. So that's not the right button. Ah, dexterity saving throw. Sixteen. Awesome. You both 
are able to grasp the rel- Asher, you're a little quicker to, to grab. You kind of support uh, Tanzanite a little bit as she does that. Um, your view is obscured of that particular space as the airship is tilted to avoid that flame. But as we come back level, you can see that the person is once again restrained. And this time they're being restrained by multiple folks who seem to be just average civilians. I'm going to say, okay, we know you're mad. Um, We've spent the last two days uh, being told how much people are afraid of us and also how much we're needed and getting really mixed messages from everyone. But we want you to know um, to the people of Canyonville and to the people of Atlin that that you don't have to be afraid of us. Um, our intentions have always been to help you, uh, to protect you, to to do the right thing. And and we're only human. We've made mistakes, and for that, you know, we're sorry. But also, you need to know this: um, we're not going to be puppets for politicians and for people with agendas. Our goal is always is is remains the same as it always was. We are the voice and the shield of the people of Atland. And not those who live in mansions and castles, but those who get up and go to work in the morning in the mines and the fields and the warehouses and the kitchens. We're the timeless trio. The best you thing hear you a can cheer do, as you take a pause for breath. The best thing that you can do right now to help us is to pray to Tanzanite. Tanzanite needs that from you. And we need we need her to have as much power as she can so that we can go out and kill these fucking dragons and stop this war. When you need us, we're going to do all that we can to be there. And please just give us a little grace. We're doing the best we can. And we're on your side. Thank you. You hear some confused murmuring and some cheers kind of intermixing. And then as you finish, fireworks start going off. Tanzanite, are you doing anything during this time? Uh, as he's- I am. No, I'm just a little, I'm more shocked by the fact that he told people to pray to me. I'm like, me? me? Yeah, we haven't actually talked about the pamphlet that I read yet. Yeah. I just say I'm trying to look not surprised. I'm just being like, I am trying to be a godly person. (laughs) Um, So it's because you're caught by surprise, Tanzanite, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Four. Um, uh, Seventeen. Um, you are thrown off for a bit when the requests for those prayers, but immediately are bombarded by people somehow accessing your domain and, and just the mixed messages of protect so-and-so, help so-and-so, thank you for this, thank you for that. Uh, a very confused garble, a few of, watch over us, we think. <laughs> Don't look at me too closely. 
I'm okay. I'm good. Give me time. Got lots of time. Just like a whole smattering of various responses. Um, as he finishes, as Asher finishes his speech, Tanzanite looks a little bit like she's startled, but not overwhelmed by the sudden onslaught of prayer. I'm going to uh, walk over to Tanzanite as this is happening. I'm going to take her hands in my hands, like in front of us. I'm going to say, Tanzanite, I believe in you. And then I'm going to give her a kiss on the cheek. Those who can make you out continue cheering. Trixie, you have a little screen view to (laughs) uh, smooch. They're obscuring part of your view. The speech is over. What are you doing? Oh, master of the airship. Uh, I'm going to wait for them to have like a little moment to process that. Uh, and then I'm going to say, uh, at your leisure, I have a feeling you're going to want to hold on. And I start to like incline a really little like, bit. Over, like, Still holding Tanzanite's hand like this, I'm like, and then grab the railing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say we should go inside. Oh, we could we could also do that. <laughs> Start heading inside. So you've, you started. Wait, I'm gonna keep holding her hand as long as she doesn't take it away. I'm just throw that there. as the airship inclines uh, to whatever degree Trixie allows it. You both kind of carefully make your way down, and how long do you give them, Trixie, before you unleash the full? I mean, I can see, I'm assuming you I can see, see once they get back in. until they go into the hatch. Okay. And the hatch clunks closed and you can't see them anymore. Okay. All right. I'm going to be like, and, I, and I'm clear, like, I don't know what kind of, I guess I, Larissa doesn't know what kind of thrusters or whatever, like, I don't have to worry about back burners or anything, right? You don't know. <laughs> I mean, in terms of the air, yeah, but the airship technology, like it doesn't do use the energy in that respect, right? Not that you know of. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to keep climbing until I'm definitely free and clear of like anything that like, I don't want to pull an Asher and set anything on fire or like cause a shockwave or whatever. That whole crowd I just gave a speech to with afterburners. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And then, uh, once I feel I'm at, at like a reasonable height, one might even say like a cruising altitude. Um, I'm going to, um, uh, I'm going to just say, all right, here goes. I'm going to open her up. Hold on to something. And I um, just. Asher um, and Tanzanite, how much movement speed do you both have? 30 feet. 30 feet. Okay, you. If you are headed directly for some finding some seats, I just need you both to make a survival check to see if you can figure out where there might be a place to sit. I think maybe we were heading back for the cockpit. Is there like room for us to stand in there? Yeah, that would be like where I would go. I think if we're all going to go, we should go together. But okay, yeah, yeah I would have been headed there. You both head for the cockpit. There are two chairs there, and one couch. Um, they sit just a little bit ahead of where Trixie's seated at the um, control station. So, um, and they ha- there are some like various devices and, and visuals that you can get there as well, if you chose to. Um, 
but then you barely make it into your seats. Trixie, you see that they're both seated, and you open it up. Uh, yep. It's super strange. This is not like other airships that you've flown before, Trixie. Um, even as you came to an incline, it visually, to uh, Asher and Tanson, it looked like they were inclined, but gravity seemed to still pull them in the right direction in accordance to the airship itself, not in accordance to the world. And if you didn't have visuals outside, you wouldn't think you were moving. Mm. But it is moving quickly and gracefully through the sky. Uh, the other airships you've, you've been in had had mechanical aids for locomotion. This is magical locomotion. And there's none of the chugging and sputtering and getting started and winds pulling at the airship. It's almost like there's some sort of crackling barrier around the airship that starts to emerge as you increase the speed that negates natural phenomenon from impacting the ship's trajectory and motion. Um, you realize quickly that you can move around with ease, making adjustments to the monitoring gauges and various instruments that are in front of you. Um, they're all very simple looking, but it's deceptively simple. There's layers to each of those pieces. And it's an elegant space. You see on a monitor that you've realized is for the rear that there's a trail of sparkling energy in its way in the wake of your airship. And it's breathtaking because you've already moved well outside of Canyonville's airspace. People on the surface of the Canyonville area probably could still make you out, but you've moved swiftly. There's a lot of incredible power and technology built into magical technology built into this airship. It's way beyond anything that you've seen before. I just let out like a little kind of like giggle and and it's more <laughs> along the lines of like I thought I was fast. Oh my god, we And with that, you are all headed towards the forest where Bonnie has been residing. And I think this is a great place for us to stop for the day. A happy airship ride <laughs> to a friend's place. <laughs> My name is Trixie. I'll be your Uber driver this evening. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us. Hope you had a lovely time with our ridiculous shenanigans. We will be back next week, right? I'm losing track. Yeah, probably. I think we can give like probably. a heads up for people just for like the fact that in I think starting in June we'll be going on a yeah. every other week. Yeah, bi-weekly yeah. schedule for the summer. We will go bi-weekly for the summer so that we can all go and enjoy the sun as much as possible. <laughs> you know. Okay, the people on on this side of the screen can go. <laughs> Hang out in the sun. The people on this side of the screen are not going to do that. True. 
Well, thank you very much for joining us. Hope you're having a lovely time. Um, we will clearly need to discuss sun worship and its various needs. Have a great time. Okay, okay bye. I don't know. <laughs>